Hi, I'm your host, Mike Banks. This is PK Studios official podcast, PK Studios Talks, home to reviews, theories, discussions, and general ranting about everything superhero related, TV shows, movies, the assorted animes every once in a while, and more. So, without further ado, I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Go ahead and crank that volume up, sit back, and watch the magic. What's up guys, Mike back with PK Studios. I have been on a hiatus for God knows how long. Um, a lot of things, a lot of things been going on, birthdays passed, stuff like that. But I'm back and I've got a couple new episodes for you. So enjoy this one for Power Kids, Power Rangers, sorry. And then the other one that I'm gonna be doing pretty soon, discussing some stuff about um, Thanos and the Avengers and Endgame and stuff like that. I mean, hey. You can never talk too much about Endgame. Come on. Anyway, let's go ahead and dive into the video. Alright, so for today's video, we're going to be talking about the Power Rangers. Now, this is originally a top five, uh, what is it? sort of thing that I wrote a lot of these I wrote a long time ago or even recently last month but never actually got around to you know publishing or what is it recording these on YouTube or anything like that so parts of this is gonna kind of be just me reading over what I actually wrote and then other parts just me just divulging into specific topics but this top five episode was essentially just me saying like hey we get a lot of stuff nowadays. We have the Avengers. We have some pretty decent DC TV shows here and there. Stargirl is really good right now. Legends of Tomorrow. Flash. Arrow is legendary. Even the Smallville helped create some of the things that we know now today as just an average normal superhero show. But one thing that time and time again continues to be put off or even when it is done is done improperly is power rangers so power rangers only ever had maybe two or three films um to my knowledge those films are the original mighty Morphin power rangers movie from 1995 then a couple years later I think in 98, they made the Turbo movie, which was essentially the preluder to the Turbo to the Power Rangers Turbo series. Then um, in the, in like 2012, maybe 13, I'm not sure, they made Power Rangers Clash of the Red, which was a crossover um, Nickelodeon movie special where the Power Ranger Samurai met the Red RPM Ranger from the previous series and they all worked together to stop their enemies who were teaming up against them to try to take over both of their universes. But nonetheless, then finally we had the actual Power Rangers movie that came out in, um, what is it, 2017 did that movie come out? Nonetheless, that Power Rangers movie was a, 
oh, that was a disappointment in so many different ways. I we could talk about that for a while, but that's its own video in itself. It didn't do well. It should have gotten two, maybe three movies based off the plots and the information that we got from that movie, but it didn't do well. It didn't do well at all. And they're they're, they're if they did do another Power Rangers movie, it'd have to be a reboot. But here's my thing of one, they keep trying to do the same old, same old. So, um, I'm going to dive into that a little bit, but the second thing is that, too, they don't really stray away from, um, what is it, the plot. They don't follow, they, I mean, they do stray away from the plot a lot, and they stray away from the wrong angles of it, and don't harness in on what made the TV show so good, and, and, and developing that, and then with the other gaps that didn't, don't really apply to an audience of teenagers or young adults or even parents who used to watch the show and are now coming back those don't apply to them but let's talk about that for a second oh i said that they they, they don't follow what it used to be so in the early power rangers first started back in uh, august 23rd and 93 that's when the first episode of mighty Morphin power rangers was released but for the three years give or take before then um hayam saban and the guys over here in America were working together to try to take what was originally called Super Sentai, the Japanese version of the Power Rangers, um, and put and bring that over here to America. Someone, I forgot who, had been overseas in Japan, happened to be flicking through the channels, found Super Sentai, saw this and was like, man, why don't we have this stuff in America? Why isn't, what well, I've never seen a kid's show like this before. So, with the rise of different TV shows left and right, like He-Man, Transformers, um, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the, the original 90s series, shows like that, they tried to cash in on that and create their own series. And one of the things that they were going to save on for money, and what they continued to do um, up until the early 2000s, was using the old Japanese footage and just ad-libbing it with dubs. And then for everything else, any scenes outside the costumes, any scenes with costumes just without the helmets on, stuff like that, they just wrote a script and had the actors act those out here. So that cut down on some of the things they had to do as far as production-wise, right? So the thing was that after a, after a good, what is it, 10 years or so the power rangers universe was expansive and large but they needed fresh blood they needed oh they needed money and they had to sell off into disney now there's a whole other thing that i wanted to get into but the list the the, the 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 just of it is that 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 early saban era the golden age of the power ranger series from the 1993 mighty Morphin series to 2002 with wild force that was the golden age there was a complete interconnected universe that every series after Power Rangers in space pretty much crossed over with the last series. Power Rangers in Galaxy had several crossovers with the Astro characters at the point where, long story short, the main villain that I think I'm going to bring back up in a second too, the main villain of the of Power Rangers Astro, spoiler alert, was actually the Red Ranger, Andros' long lost sister who he thought was dead all these years. She turned back onto the good side at the last moment and helped them save the Earth against the things that she had put in motion to destroy the Earth, but then um, went into almost, not a self-imposed exile, but almost like on a rogue sort of situation, trying to redeem herself, still using the same monarchy that she had across the galaxy 
as this um what is it lethal warrior who was not to be trifled with the princess of evil all that type of stuff right and we're going to see that again in lost galaxy but then later on she returned to lost galaxy as well and ended up replacing the pink ranger after their pink ranger i forgot what her name was oh kendrix kendrix ended up trying to uh to save her and help her and it didn't turn out well for her and then she kind of you know just kicked the can so they had so kendrix passed on her powers her pink ranger powers over to this this character i forget what her name was though nonetheless um then moving forward with that they just had crossovers from then on period they did Lightspeed Rescue. Lightspeed Rescue had a crossover, I think, with the Time Force Rangers at one point. Time Force had a crossover with Wild Force. And then Wild Force, one of my favorite episodes of Power Rangers Wild Force, and one of my top, at least my top 20 favorite episodes of Power Rangers, period, um, is Forever Red. That's a huge staple in the Power Rangers community. Forever Red was a storyline where I think they had maybe like 12 Rangers all together. Either it was between ten and twelve different rangers from Mighty Morphin, Alien, Zeo, Turbo, Wild Force, Lightspeed, Time Force. All those rangers got together for the first time because they were going up against a threat that might I add is a huge side plot and was a huge thing in the part in the original series, the original Mighty Morphin series. One of the villains, Lord Zed, possibly one of the baddest Mighty Morphin villains to ever have been created. What is it? He said, Oh, so y'all got all these giant robot megazords cool i'll make my own megazord he did one that was humongous and at least 15 times the size of any of the other rangers zords it was the most devastating and most destructive weapon ever created and it threatened to be able to destroy the entire planet with just with its firepower alone so the rangers had to decommission it from the inside and it landed on the moon it was left there to, to die and rust right so uh, late yada 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 uh, some robots came along and they were trying to take over uh, some alien robots came along they were trying to take over earth during power rangers zeo and these the though they destroyed the king of those robots they're the some of the generals survived and they created this separate this separate faction that was looking for lord zed's mega beast um what is it uh his 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 ultimate evil zord or whatever that to what is it repair it and then use it to destroy earth because they destroyed their master and everything right well all that being said those rangers 12 different rangers were called from all over the universe to be able to help and um how do i put this stop this this giant dragon which ended with cole running his motorcycle through the entire thing but nonetheless um it was an amazing thing and it's like they were they made a full like small screen universe long before anybody was doing any of that type of stuff long before the Arrowverse or Chicago PD or any of those other TV shows that had multiple t series that interconnected with each other these guys were making interconnected TV shows with reoccurring characters and uh what is it a consistent continuity so then after that, when they sold to Disney, Disney went off brand and they started doing a whole bunch of other stuff. They introduced for the first time with Power Rangers Ninja Storm, the idea that there weren't five original Rangers, just three. 
Uh, in comparison, Mighty Morphin started out with red, yellow, blue, pink, and black. Then from there, they just kept continuing on and on and on with this cycle. Every once in a while, depending on the series, they would swap out black for green. And then they always added in some sort of a six ranger, depending on what series you're watching, whether it was Zane, the Astro Silver Ranger, Tommy, the green uh, Mighty Morphin Ranger, or his during his White Tiger days. Um, there was always some six ranger. But nonetheless, Disney changed up. They said, no, 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 we don't have three. We have, uh, I mean, we don't have five. We have three. And they stuck with it. It did well. Ninja Storm is one of my favorite series. Then there's Dino Thunder. Then there was also Jungle Fury. And there's a bunch of other series. Then they started going down a hill a little bit. They did Mystic Force. And Mystic Force felt like it was an overseas adaptation that was set in the UK with a bit of a more punk vibe. Um, what is it? Summer to be remembered type of situation. And it even featured um, the idea of like all these kids kind of feeling like something out of a movie. Like... Um, one thing was the Red Ranger had this whole backstory past, family that he never remembered, all that type of stuff. And on top of that, he pretty much looks like a younger Vin Diesel, just with magic and a cape. <laughs> uh, but all that to be said, they continued on, and the last series they ever did was RPM. Then Samurai came. Samurai was a return to the olden days. They had younger kids working together to save the world against one villain, right? Um, and that villain pretty much stayed there for the entirety of Super, of Samurai and Super Samurai, which is like, that was like th four, maybe five seasons, give or take, um, of a show. So that was an interesting storyline that they kept going back and forth between. They had some pretty good stuff. When they introduced the idea of this other dude, I forgot what his name was entirely, um, a Dakin or Drago, something like that. Some weird lone wolf character who wasn't a ranger, but had these mystic, um, what is it, Nylock powers that made him into this skeleton undead warrior. And he and Jaden had this constant rivalry for who was the best, who was the most powerful warrior. But all this to be said, right? So then Saban got their hands back on it. And Samurai, Samurai was okay. But then they went worse. They went back to high school with Super Super Mega Force. Then they went into, um, what is it, Dino Charge. And from every, there forward, after they did Samurai and then Super Samurai, every series had a regular series. And then just to keep it going, they introduced some new form of power or new form of upgrade and just added the word Super on top of it, which is the dumbest thing ever. Like, I get doing it once or twice, but they did it over and over and over again and continue to do it to this day, they did Samurai, Super Samurai, Mega Force, Super Mega Force, Dino Charge, Super Dino Charge, Ninja Steel, Super Ninja Steel, and now they have Beast Morphers. I haven't even watched Beast Morphers because I refuse to watch such utter trash. Um, all this being said, in comparison to that 1993 to 2002, um, what is it, time period? The TV shows, these these shows now just don't add up. And they just keep getting more over the top and more diff, more ridiculous. More than they were back in the 90s and early 2000s. And at the age of like six, six and a half. No, how am I saying six and a half? Man, I've been watching Power Rangers since the womb. Let's be honest here. Um, 
I enjoyed those shows, but as I got older, I started to see the cheesiness of them, but I still enjoy them for the storylines they were because, again, that golden age, guess what? They not only created an interconnected universe, they created storylines that matter. Let me give you a few examples. In comparison to some of the stuff that we have now and the, and the stuff, you could go watch one episode of Beast Wars and tell me. I know it's probably a waste of your 22 minutes of time, but go watch that and tell me how it is because I'm definitely not watching it. Um... Then on top of that, what is it? You have, they keep trying to, they brought back the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Cool. Nobody really knows who the Power Rangers are except for OG fans. So why would you bring back Mighty Morphin? Maybe they, maybe, maybe they're the most relatable. But let me give you a sum up plot of what the, the 2007, 17 um, Power Rangers movie was. Five kids, a, um, what is it? A, a troubled football player who's who's on house arrest a autistic um super genius with no friends a asian wild child who is on the brink of being an orphan a hispanic lesbian punk rock uh martial artist and last but not least this rogue um what is it wild child or trying to be a wild child um slightly depressed cheerleader all happen to be at the same place at the same time at night in a quarry and Billy blows up the quarry to find out that there is a what is it five really weird glowing colorful coins they get go on the run or uh, what is it get hit by a train wake up the next morning with superpowers get meet back together realize that the quarry is actually beneath it is an alien ship that's been there for thousands of years might i add and no one's known about it they unlock the quarry because the ship because the ship is tied immediately to their newfound abilities and the coins that gave them these abilities and on top of that now they're trying to try to save the world in a matter of like seven days here's the thing all of that being said that's an interesting plot very general, very basis for some of the stuff that we have nowadays. Teenagers are the only thing that can save the universe, yada, yada, yada. They've been getting superpowers, yada, yada, yada. There's an evil that's coming. They don't have long to train. They don't have long to prepare. And they're the only ones who are able to do this right now. Okay, cool. In comparison, let me show you something. Jen, a time-traveling uh, uh, time Power Ranger from the year 3000, leads her team into the past to, to the year 2001, leaving behind her dying fiancé in order to find and recapture the mutant gang uh, leader, Rancic, who is, who is a mutant criminal boss and is one of the most profound and infamous criminal uh, masterminds of the year 3000. Here's the kicker. While traveling back in time to face Rancic in episode one, they realize that they cannot morph without Alex. Alex, um, Jen's fiance, who was who's now who they left because he was dying, they they can't morph because he's the Red Ranger. So they have to access the records and find Alex's late uh, descendant in the year two thousand to use his DNA in order to open the morpher. They find Wes. However, over the course of the entirety of the series, Wes and Jen from the year 3000 begin to fall in love. And the storyline is essentially, well, at least their, their romantic subplot is a storyline of star-crossed star lovers that are more like time-crossed lovers with a, a thousand-year difference in between them.
That's an interesting subplot for anybody who's into uh, to romance stuff. You can't tell me anything different. Okay, let's go on to Wild Force. Um, let's see. Five, six unlikely people, one of which is supposed to have been have died like 700 years ago and was cursed with an ancient wolf mask and is also haunted by said wolf spirit who personifies himself as an evil warrior type of situation all called Zenaku. These six guys come together and they're uh they're ordered in to, in order to protect the flying magical city known as Animaria that holds the last of the wild the wild zords. These zords by the way are able to form megazords and have incredible powers and have been locked and have been lost to history for years. They are the last of their kind, unlike all the other Zords that are now gone. Right? We have all of this. Then they have to fight these cre these magical creatures that are coming back from the dead called orcs. Once upon a time, the, w the world was a, a human's kind was trying to defend these animals and fight off the orcs, but they ended up losing and most of them dying, most of the Zords being destroyed, and Animaria was preserved in the sky as one last resort. So, sound interesting? Maybe you're not into that to that uh that weird stuff. I'll be right back because I got some more stuff for you. All right. So as I was saying, right? They got all these guys. They're these six unlikely heroes. But who are these unlikely heroes? Well, we've got an ex bowling champion who um could have gone pro but didn't. We have a. Oh, what is it? The daughter of a martial arts genius who left her family legacy in order to pursue her careers of teaching and just so happened to also become a superhero in the process. Then you have, uh, what is it, Danny, who I literally know nothing about Danny at all. I just know that he has a love interest halfway through the storyline. It was a little interesting. Then um, there's, there's Cole, Jungle Boy, who seeks answers for his mysterious past and estranged parents. And guess what? He finds them when the villagers that took him in and raised him for the last 18 years, they give him a photo of his parents that they had for years and a red crystal ball they found him that they found nearby when they found him. That red crystal ball leads him to the to the island because the red crystal ball is tied to the red lion, one of the five remaining lost of Animarian Zords. And then there's lastly, there's my favorite Taylor. Taylor is a soldier at heart. She's an Air Force pilot. She was born to be in the skies. But she gives all this up and pretty much goes AWOL, making most of her family, friends, and military personnel think that she is dead. And joins in and becomes a Power Ranger. Hmm. All of these things, all of this, and so many other plots from over the course of the Golden Age, and even some of the pieces of the Disney era, Right, even some of the pieces of that are really good storylines that could easily become TV shows or movies. And here's the thing: of you don't really, really, they couldn't. You can't do a movie. You cannot cram that much information into a two and a half, three hour movie. You have to do a series. It has to be long format. So, here's the thing: what series could be long format? Like what? What are the top picks for that? And that was really the point of this whole thing, this whole rant and everything going on. So honestly, my top picks are one, they do need to do Mighty Morphin proper, properly. 
you want to see a proper adaptation of a Mighty Morphin Power Rangers series, go check out um, Power Rangers Unworthy. Shout outs to them out there. Um, I Because this is a podcast, I can't really do anything like put a link or anything like that. But if go on YouTube, type in Power Rangers Unworthy, I guarantee you it'll be the first thing you find. There are fan series with only three episodes, but those three episodes alone and the storyline they produce from that are 10 times better than that 2017 movie was in terms of story and character and even fight choreograph, baby. Like, they was killing it with the fight scenes. And the Arbiter is possibly one of my favorite villains of all time. Let's just be honest here. Then another series that really needs to cook, really could be adapt, uh, adapted really well is Wild Force and Time Force. You could either do them separately or you could do them together. The way that I say that you could do them, say maybe together, is because the fact of is that these guys pretty much interact have interacted on several different occasions and their storylines kind of intertwine together at a certain extent. You could introduce Wes and um. Um, his partner Eric, the Quantum Ranger, that sixth ranger I was telling you about, that whole thing, as other rangers that just so happen to be within their universe, maybe they get out their own spin-off series or an origin series that explains the Time Force Rangers and how they came to be and then why they ended up leaving in the first place, setting up that type of a mystery situation. Wild Force needs its own series because you could do so many different things with the Wild Force series. I mean, consider this much. If anybody hasn't noticed, the early, the mid-2000s was like a testing ground to see where our generation would be right now. Think about it. Some of the most popular movies are action movies. Ray, uh, what is it? Marvel and DC. Then on top of that, you've got animated movies like Mr. Doolittle or that Lion King remake from last year. Movies like that could not have been done without some of the early stuff. The Narnia movies. The, the early Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies, Smallville, the TV series, shows like that were the groundwork for that because people took the chance and said, hey, let's try this. And then people started responding, so they started making more. And if you're wondering about the Doolittle Lion King thing, think about this. Um, Narnia, Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe, featured an abundance of animals, talking animals, left and right, included, but not limited to, Mr. and Mrs. Beaver, Mr. Thomas's legs, um, that boar who was like the second in command for um f- for the for the White Witch, um the fox who didn't want to give up details about the war plans, Aslan him freaking self, all those characters and more were done in a real fashion where it made you feel like those were real animals talking, not CGI or animation or anything like that. All to be said. Um, the Zords look a little interesting in the Wild Force series, especially since they're very colorful, like that bull is black, okay, cool, but that shark is a, is a bright navy blue, and that's a yellow bird. Anybody ever seen a yellow bird? Tell me, because I ain't seen no yellow birds before. And then the lion, well, he's the red lion, so he's completely red with green eyes and a gold mane. It's a cool look, and I enjoy it. 
but you could easily upgrade that look, maybe even keep with the color scheme and make them feel less of like a robot of some sort and make them along the lines of how Jungle Fury was. Jungle Fury came up with the idea of instead of them having Zords that they have to build, repair, or call upon, they have what are called animal spirits. Each one of these warriors were trained in a form of animal combat. For our main Red Ranger, it's Casey. Then for the Blue Ranger Theo, it was the Jaguar. And then for their uh, their companion in the, in the last bit of the trio, Lily, it was the Cheetah. Their 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 master, um, uh, what is it? R.J. was training the ways of the wolf. His dad was training the ways of the shark. They had other masters: elephant, ape, penguin. Um, what is it? The the antelope, bats, all these the meerkat, all these various animals, right? So, with that being said, they they also were able to channel these animal spirits to cut summon attacks of like these giant spirit wolves and lions and stuff that was slashing enemies and eating them and throwing them in the air and tossing them around like a cat with a ball of yarn and then on top of that they would take those animal spirits and manifest them and then use the morphing grid to transfer that spirit energy into megazords and those megazords are what they used to fight in of course in pretty much every episode um nonetheless that being said those those zords that idea could be transferred over onto the big screen and could even apply with maybe what is it one of the things was was that in the beginning of the wild force series cole could not unlike the others whose zords were a little bit more compliant or rather uh what is it able to work with them the red lion was temperamental he did not want to be bothered he did not want to be spoken to he is king of the jungle you don't tell me what to do i tell you what to do when i want to so go away. But the Red Lion essentially didn't want to help him. He had to hurt. You had to earn the respect of the Red Lion. What if Cole got to see that by the of a phasey um, outline of a Red Lion the, with just like red highlights or whatever in this ghostly, what is it, ethereal spirit type of form situation? Finally. Um, respecting him or realizing that he may be worthy of the power that he that the red lion has and then from there using that power or bonding with him or whatever right that would be an interesting thing to see in a tv show or even just in a movie i would i could even see that in a movie um another series that really needs to be done is astro i feel like we don't have enough really good space movies Astro or Lost Galaxy? I kind of feel like Lost Galaxy might be a tad bit weird because of the uh, introduction of the, the Lost Galaxy beasts that are essentially the space adaptation of the Wild Force beasts. But nonetheless, um, it, 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 it would have been interesting to see Lost Galaxy or space done because we don't get to see a lot of space movies these days. I mean, Star Wars was pretty much over with for the most part. And on top of that, um, other series besides Star Wars that have sci-fi space adventure type of situations there haven't been a lot of them Guardians of the Galaxy Star Wars that one Star Trek movie from a couple years ago um, and then the ever and not often but ever so often we may get um, something like um, Interstellar or what was that movie called with Mark Wahlberg when he was in when he was on Mars and everything, Mission to Mars or something like that, when he was trapped on Mars for all them years. Um, then there was uh, Valerian, uh, City of a Thousand Planets, 
all that. Every once in a while, you get a really good sci-fi film. But go get J.J. Abrams. Go get Spielberg. Tell them, hey, we finna make a Power Rangers in space movie. Do you want in? Hey, man, I'm in. Let's go. And make one Astro movie and be done with it. Make one six to eight episode um, series on Disney Plus, HBO Max, Amazon Prime, Apple TV. I don't even care where it goes at this point. Put it on there and let it go. Get th- These series could do so well with a couple of minor tweaks and some real, real dedication to the storylines of using the real source material. I'm not talking about the shams that is the Neo-Saban era today. I'm not talking about the, the, the slightly iffy, but personally, I'm a little biased because I grew up on those shows in particular. Personally, um, decent Power Ranger series. Go get the Golden Age stuff. Go get those st- that stuff. Put it together and make a movie, make a TV show. Don't even make movies. Just make TV shows. And if it happens to do good, then you can do something like The Last Battle or Forever Red or something like that where you have a one-time crossover where the characters get put onto the big screen now, bigger budget, more fight scenes, more dialogue, more storylines, um, bigger, vil- bigger, badder villains, and once-of-a-lifetime opportunity stuff. It's been your boy Mike Banks, and it is about to be like 32 minutes in this video. I will see you guys around, and um, feel a, keep a lookout because I got some more videos coming out pretty soon. Some more videos, podcasts, recordings, whatever you want to call it.